0: Welcome to Colorado State University's podcast, The Audit, where host Stacy Nick talks with CSU faculty about topics ranging from their latest research to current events. Whether it's an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, a Garmin, or even an Aura Ring, wearable health trackers are big business right now, a $54 billion business, in fact. These devices monitor everything from how many steps we take in a day to how many calories we burn during a workout to how well we sleep at night. But does this technology actually encourage better health? Does hearing that little voice declare exercise ring closed actually motivate people to work out? That's the question Natalie Pennington decided to answer. An assistant professor of communication studies at Colorado State University, Pennington looks at interpersonal communication and the use of communication technology. Pennington teaches classes in interpersonal, nonverbal, and professional communication and persuasion. Currently, she is part of an international team of experts developing public health guidelines for social connection. Her work has been published in journals such as Communication Research and Computers and Human Behavior. Today, she's speaking with us about her recent research on how motivating wearable health trackers really are and the role technology can play in helping or harming our health. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So what led you to look at wearable health trackers in particular?
1: So this was a really fun project that was a collaboration with a colleague of mine when I worked at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, Dr. Linda Dam. Uh, Dr. Dam is fantastic, uh, just a good friend and colleague. And so for us, there was always the how can we collaborate? Uh, and we were actually working together one day, just both writing. And we both wear Apple watches. And uh, Linda got a ding on hers that was about a competition with a friend. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't do that at all. And Linda's like what? How How can you not, you know, it, it, with an Apple Watch, I should clarify and say that you can compete with other people, right? You can share your, are you closing your rings? Who's who's doing better kind of thing? And I don't do that at all. And Linda was so surprised. And so for that, it was sort of this, well, what's the reasoning? And and as somebody who studies interpersonal communication, I said, well, you know, I, I don't know that people always want to share that information, right? They might not be comfortable with it. And she said, well, but it's so fun to compete. And so we decided to do a study. Uh, and that was kind of the the impetus for it. There's no doubt, as I said, that that wearable health trackers are really popular. The question is,
0: are they actually good for our health? Do they encourage us to engage in healthier activities? What were your findings? I mean, does my Apple Watch make me healthier?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And so uh, Linda and I did two studies. Uh, We first surveyed a college student population uh, to sort of find out what are those motivating factors. Uh, And we did start from the premise that uh, you know there's a lot of research that for physical health this is absolutely a good thing. Uh, But one of the things that we pulled in with our study was some of the mental health factors as well. So things like negative social comparison uh, and also self esteem and sort of how those might correlate back because we know that our mental health absolutely has an impact on our physical health as well. Uh, And So in that first study, uh, we noticed uh, that students, uh, so the college student sample, uh, were definitely using their uh, devices quite a bit, but not for social reasons. It was very much more about competition. Uh, We did see some of that negative social comparison, which is a little bit of a concern for us. Uh, But we also noticed overwhelmingly that they had smartwatches, so like a Samsung or an Apple Watch, not a dedicated tracker like you mentioned before, so things like a Fitbit or a Garmin or the Aura Ring, which is absolutely gaining popularity. Uh, So we repeated the survey with a public uh, adult American panel company online to sort of say, hey, if you've got a wearable hat tracker, we'd love to talk to you more and start to sort of see if there were some things about those dedicated devices, not just a smartwatch. Um, and we actually found a lot of the same findings. And so uh, across both studies, it was that people were more motivated by that competition uh, if they had social components. So sharing with other people could be really good, but it was such a small number of people that were doing it. Uh, and so sort of it, it, for me felt vindicated of I am definitely a less more or connect with other people uh, versus Linda was like, wow, this is surprising. Um, but again, we know that it can be both good for people in both cases.
0: You know, what about folks who maybe don't want to compete against others or you know have others see their health stats? Uh, can they still benefit?
1: Yeah. You know, it is a really interesting tension, right? Because we know that the competition is a big reason and sort of that gamification of a device, right? You close the rings, you get the badge. um, And that's something you can do by yourself, right? So I don't have to be connected to anyone else to get that sort of connection opportunity to say, yeah, I I finished my workout today and got the badge, or I did, you know, 10 workouts in a row and got a badge. Uh, And so that's certainly something that benefits people. Um, But at the flip side, we said, if you want to connect, there's definitely opportunities. And I think one of the ones that that gets lost in there is people assume they have to connect Connect with family and friends, which is certainly one of the easiest opportunities, right? You know the person. um, But there's actually devices that create the opportunity for you to connect um, and do like leaderboards with strangers too. So if you don't have that comfort of seeking support from friends and family, which was one of the factors we looked at, uh, then there's definitely uh, different ways to use it. So for us, it was saying, you know, these devices... There's lots of different motivating factors, and, and how can we uh, educate people to know that there are many ways you can use it without it being, share with people, compete, uh, right? You can even just kind of learn a little bit more about yourself and decide what you want to do with that.
0: What about drawbacks? Are, are there any with this type of technology?
1: Can we take that competition aspect a little too far? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the concerns we had, especially with the college student sample, and is something that's been supported in past research as well. Uh, so that's why we included those variables of self-esteem and, and negative social comparison. Uh, and so what we found was that uh, for uh, college students, there was a higher probability that if they were seeing uh, friends and family uh Performing better than them, so they're like, "Oh, this person closed their rings, and I haven't yet." Uh, that it increased their use of the device, uh, and so on the one hand, we're like, "It's great, they're exercising more," but that can go too far, right? And that can certainly impact someone's self esteem, or if they're constantly seeing someone else uh, perform really well, right? And if you're adding someone who, you know, for me, right, Linda is, uh, she does five Ks, she does races, uh, she you know, she's far more active of an individual than I am. Uh, you know, I, I I take hikes on the weekends with my dogs, uh, but so. Uh, that healthy comparison is certainly a concern that we, we highlight and talk about, again, that mental health aspect uh, and being aware of how that can influence people. Maybe that tendency to take things too far. Exactly, right. There was, I I think I had shared with you a past study, so not our research, but it resonated with me and stuck out was a story about a girl who had injured herself. And so she wasn't able um, to do the exercise at the level she had in the past, but was seeing her friends uh, closing their circles and beating her. And it made her want to start exercising again. And it's not healthy yet for you. You want to pause and and not take that too far and, and give yourself a chance to recuperate.
0: Does our reasoning for being more active matter as long as we're being motivated? And I'm thinking about the fact that for me, when I exercise, I have to set my watch so that it knows that I'm doing this because otherwise it doesn't count.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it is. It's an interesting one, right? Um, I think that there are many different things that can motivate us. Uh, and and one of the things that we found in the study was that a lot of people who got these devices in the first place, the motivation was, well, it was a gift. So they actually didn't have a reason to want it and somebody gave it to them. Uh, or their health insurance was like, hey, if you get this device, well, will And so uh, those were sort of their initial factors. But then finding things like, I can learn or I can compete, and so creates that opportunity. And, and for us, I think one of those takeaways, again, just goes back to the within reason, right? All, all in moderation. If it becomes, something that distracts from your day-to-day otherwise or starts to negatively influence your mental health then then that's where we want to be concerned but uh, honestly if there's opportunities for folks to be active and and sort of take ownership over their health I think that's a good thing
0: it's interesting uh, we often think of technology as having kind of a, a negative impact on our health uh, and I'm thinking about particularly uh, social media uh, the amount of time we spend glued to our phones and our computers. Are there any other formats uh, like wearable health trackers that also have a positive impact?
1: yeah uh, so uh, my primary area of research is more around uh, the broader use of communication technology and networking with friends and family uh, and some of our more weak ties and uh, social media in particular is definitely a hot topic and one of the things that uh, is continuously found in research is this idea of active versus passive use so if I you know sit uh, waiting before class uh, and scroll my phone and and look at and see what people are up to uh, that can cause some uh, social comparison again which can be problematic, like, oh, these people are doing cooler things than me, Uh, so can potentially have some negative impacts on our our health uh, and mental health. But if we are actively communicating with people, right, so I direct message or uh, I send a funny uh, meme or gif to a friend, uh, then those things can actually be really good for our well-being. And so it's really uh, a balance between not just consuming information. uh, So a good friend of mine who I collaborate with, Dr. Jeff Hall, says uh, empty calories. uh, So I scroll and scroll. I feel like I've connected. I haven't actually connected with anyone. One while later, I still kind of feel lonely uh, and sad. Uh, and so really making sure that we use technology in, in active ways uh, can be helpful. And that's where things, again, like texting and phone calls uh, can also be really great outlets for our mental health, which we know uh, sort of spills over into our physical health as well. So
0: you're saying my nightly habit of scrolling right before bed, maybe not not
1: good. I already knew that, but. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one where, uh, you know, being smart about it. I tell friends, uh, you know, so let's say you love to scroll TikTok before bed. Well, if you find a funny TikTok, send it to a friend, let them know you're thinking about them. And that sort of helps balance that passive consumption as you're kind of winding down uh, with an active opportunity to network with someone you maybe haven't talked to in a while.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Natalie Peddington is an assistant professor of communication studies at Colorado State University, researching interpersonal communication and the use of communication technology. I'm your host, Stacey Nick, and you're listening to CSU's The Audit.